This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 316. In today's episode, what is an intervalometer and what is it used for? Well, an intervalometer is a very valuable tool in photography and is useful across a wide range of photographic styles, including time-lapse, focus stacking, as well as long exposure, and one or two others. Now, if you're new to photography or to intervalometers and want to know more, then stay tuned as I will explain it in this episode. So the first thing we need to address is what exactly is an intervalometer? Well, it's a tool or feature built into a camera or an external device that allows it to be programmed to control the shutter release of the camera itself and it allows a photographer to make images at specific intervals. Depending on the needs of the photographer, it can be set to regular, or some can even do irregular intervals of time. And of course, the interval of time itself can be adjusted between exposures. Now, what realistically means is that the intervalometer is programmed to open and close the shutter at a specific time over and over again. You can set the time from one second up to hours, should the need arise, and not have to manually press the shutter each time yourself. Basically, an intervalometer is a much smarter version of the old timed shutter releases that were used back in the day of analog film photography, such as those used for photographing horse racing. Now, let's talk about the intervalometer types. There are a total of four intervalometer types that exist, and each one has its own unique advantages and disadvantages. Now, the first is an external intervalometer. The most common of these units is a simple or basic external intervalometer, and it's available for use with almost all modern cameras on the market today. They come in a universal form factor, such as the one in the image in the show notes, and this type of unit usually takes two AA batteries to power it. And you can use rechargeable ones if you prefer, like I do. Now, the basic external unit works in pretty much all situations where you need this kind of functionality, except, of course, underwater. The only re other requirement is to make sure you get the correct cable for your camera make and model. Now, I don't want you to think that you are locked in as most of these units have changeable cables. So if you change camera models or manufacturers later on down the road, you can simply buy a different cable and keep using the existing intervalometer. Now, the advantages of this model is that it's very simple to operate as well as being very affordable. So it makes it easy to get into these additional genres of photography without a lot of upfront cost. Typical cost for one of these types of units runs between $20 to $40 US, and they can be found at camera stores, 
if you're lucky enough to still have one in your area, but also at places like Adorama and B&H, as well as on Amazon.com. This type of intervalometer doesn't have any real negatives, except for the fact that it cannot be used underwater, as previously mentioned. Now, I have personally been using this type for a very long time in all kinds of weather conditions, and I've had no issues whatsoever. Keep in mind, however, that this is a very basic unit and cannot do the advanced functions of some of the others that I'll talk about in this episode. Next, we have the built-in or internal basic intervalometer. So this next unit is a basic model that is a feature in your actual camera and works pretty much the same as the basic external model and carries out the same functions as that external unit. Now, over the years, there have been some improvements on this version, such as exposure smoothing. These are handy to have in the camera itself for the times when I have limited space or I want to capture a simple time-lapse sequence of images at a remote location. Now, the internal unit can also be used as a backup should the batteries die in your external unit or you don't have spares with you or a way to charge them in the field. The downside of this internal unit is that it doesn't have the more advanced features such as exposure ramping, and additionally, it also drains your camera's battery faster. So keep these items in mind when using the one built into your camera. The other main disadvantage is that on some cameras, you cannot use live view on the rear LCD to check either the captured frame or any changes in exposure during this shooting session. So that's something else to consider. Number three is the external advanced level intervalometer. Now, if you're someone that does professional time-lapse photography or astrophotography, then chances are the first two models will not do for your needs. So next we have the advanced external intervalometer. Your shooting most likely requires being able to capture dynamic scenes with changes in exposure during the process or maybe you need a continuous time lapse that happens as day transitions to night, or vice versa. With one of these units, you are covered for pretty much anything that an intervalometer is used for. And you can even set different time intervals as part of the overall sequence of shots. Now, these units are also generally able to allow you to check the histogram and exposure levels in real time as you're shooting, your time lapse. Now, some of these models also offer the ability to show a low resolution preview of the captured time lapse as it is recording it on the device and a dedicated smartphone app that goes with it. Now, I'm not saying it records the time lapse onto the device. I'm just saying it can give you a preview on the screen of the device. Now, the advantages of this type of unit is that they are perfect for this kind of work and can create create truly amazing results, but that comes at a premium price point as well, so keep that in mind. With some of these units costing as much as $350 or more. Now, additionally, they also generally come with a steep learning curve, so it will take working with the unit a lot to actually master using it. The one that I am currently using is called the Pluto Trigger. And when I originally bought my two Pluto triggers a few years back, they were about $179. But now you can get them on Amazon for $119. So that's a really good deal. 
And another popular brand is MyOps, which those units cost around $229. But the cool thing is MyOps, and I think Pluto Trigger can do it as well. I'd have to look in the manual again. But both of these triggers, I believe, can also be used to capture lightning strikes. So in other words, they have the ability to detect the lightning flash and fire your camera fast enough to get a lightning strike in the sky, which is pretty cool. Now, you can find both at the link in the show notes and read up on them and what each one offers and decide for yourself which one of these might fit your needs. Okay, and the fourth and final type of intervalometer is the application, both basic and advanced. Now, this type is an application base that's important to note that there are some specific applications for smartphones and tablets that can be used as an intervalometer, and they can be either an official app or a third-party app. It just depends. Now, many of them are really great in the term of features that they offer. Most of them have issues, though, when it comes to the connectivity part of the equation. Because the vast majority of these apps require a constant connection via local Wi-Fi and or Bluetooth, that can be prone to termination without a real reason, i.e. they can be buggy. So keep that in mind that many of these apps can just stop working at random, and then you're, you kind of need to keep an eye on them during the entire shoot. So that's another thing to kind of consider when you're looking at what type of intervalometer you want to use. Now, another thing to remember is that like the internal ones in your camera, the app-based ones will chew through your camera's battery more quickly as they need that constant Wi-Fi and or Bluetooth connection in order to function. All right, now I'm going to take a break right here and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag liamphotopodcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. All right. So now let's talk about key features of an intervalometer. So the main features of an intervalometer, even the most basic units, are such that it can be a very handy tool in your arsenal for photography. And these features include timer or delay start, interval length set, exposure time set, number of frames to be captured, external power, exposure ramping, but that only exists on your most advanced models. So you might be asking yourself, or you may be talking to the podcast as you're listening to it, you may think to yourself, so when do I use an intervalometer? Well, number one, time lapses. That's the most common use for an intervalometer is to capture a time-lapse sequence of images over an extended period of time. You have to enter the desired interval of time between each frame, as well as how many total frames you want in the total in the entire sequence. So once you've entered those values, the intervalometer will take care of the rest for you. Number two, astrophotography. 
Another of the most common uses for an interferometer is for astrophotography, which is very similar to time-lapse, except that you're using it for normal nightscape shots with the Milky Way as the primary subject, but also with deep sky objects such as nebulas and clusters of stars. For this type of photography, we want a lot more data to work with in post-processing. So a lot of identical shots with minimal intervals in between is absolutely necessary to be able, be able to better align and stack them in your software later. Now, this type of use is inclusive of focus stacking as well as star trail photography. And an advanced unit will make this type of photography so much easier to capture. But again, it's going to have a steeper learning curve. So keep that in mind. I'm not trying to scare you away from the advanced ones. I highly recommend them. That's what I use. Just keep in mind, it's going to take you a little while to get used to it. Number three, long exposures. Now, long exposure photography is something I absolutely love to do, whether it's daytime or nighttime. And it's another common use for an intervalometer, as you want to capture long exposures and avoid any macro movements of the camera during that capture. So by using an intervalometer, you won't need to physically press your shutter button each time yourself and run the risk of ruining your shots with blurriness from the camera macro movement. Now, this is also handy when you want to capture a long exposure that's longer than the normal max of three of 30 seconds that most cameras are capable of. Now, you can set your camera to bulb mode and use the intervalometer to make the exposure. So then you can set them for one minute or five minutes or whatever you want to do. Just play around with it. Have some fun. And number four, remote triggering. This is the fourth use case for an intervalometer is remote triggering your camera when it's somewhere at a remote location where you otherwise cannot be there the entire time, or if you want to capture a self-portrait. That's another good use for an intervalometer. You can set the intervalometer to have a delayed start so you don't waste frames, time, or battery life. So that's kind of a win-win right there. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, how do I use an intervalometer? Well, the majority of settings looked at here will be available in both the basic and advanced versions. In order to better explain the use of each setting, I will assume that we're doing a time-lapse shoot, just to keep things simple. So the very first step, if using an external intervalometer, is to make sure it is connected to the camera, either by a cable or the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth connection. You also want to be certain that it has fresh batteries and is actually powered on and ready to use. Now we want to set the length of the interval between each shot, whether it's seconds, minutes, hours, whatever the case may be. Now, in the majority of intervalometers, this is known as INTVL for short. That stands for interval. If you want to shoot, say, traffic along a highway, then you probably want to stick with something like one to two seconds between frames. Next, you would put the total number of frames you want to capture during the sequence so that the intervalometer knows when to stop. This is known as N. Now, as an example, if you want the final time-lapse video to be rendered at 24 to 25 frames per second, and be 10 seconds long, then you're going to need 240 to 250 frames in total for the final file. 
Now, the very last setting to be set is the delay option, which is usually labeled as delay. The reason for this setting is to determine if the shooting will start immediately or at a later time after you press the start button. With the vast majority of modern cameras, the above items also apply to the built-in intervalometers as well, so you shouldn't be too confused about it. The final setting for an intervalometer is the sound setting, and this can be either turned on or off depending on your needs and personal taste. In most units, a beep will sound when each setting is programmed and when the timer is active. Now, this can be very useful if you're alone out in the field and provides feedback that the timer is active and the time lapse is actually being captured. But if you're shooting in a closed environment or wanting wildlife as part of your capture, then off would be preferable to prevent annoying other photographers or spooking the wildlife. So next, you need to ask yourself, do I need an intervalometer? Well, after all this discussion, I'm sure you're at the point where you're asking yourself exactly that. Do I need one? And to be honest, it is totally up to you. Many people use them regularly, but others never at all. You have to decide based on the types of photography you want to do. And keep in mind, it might not be for client work. Maybe you want one just for the fun and enjoyment of shooting something different that's all for yourself. Remember, if you want to capture time-lapse, astrophotography, star trails, or do focus stacking, you're going to need an intervalometer. So how do you choose the right model or type? Well, that again is going to be based on your needs. But check first to see if your camera model has one built in. Once you know that and identify your personal needs, then you can make a more intelligent decision on which one is right for you. And if you need an advanced model, it never hurts to consult with other photographers and find out what model they recommend and why. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that is going to wrap up episode 316 of the Liam Photography Podcast, all about intervalometers, what they do, and whether or not you might need one for your photography. I want to thank each and every one of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. If you're not currently a subscriber, why not? It's absolutely free. It doesn't cost you a thing. And I have a massive back catalog of episodes that you can go back and listen to. 315, 316 with today's 315 previous ones that you're welcome to go back and listen to. 
Now, I did also want to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, comment on them, like them, share them out on social media and elsewhere. Hit the little bell icon so you're notified as new content drops. And if you haven't already seen it or listened to it, excuse me, go back and listen to episode 314 where I interviewed Susie Pratt from Gemini Connect. That lady is a wealth of knowledge and information. I've got some great recent episodes with Skip Cohen, Levi Sim, and many, many others, including Sarah Dromelli. And I'm working on getting Rick Salmon himself, the wonderful, the great Rick Salmon, wildlife photographer extraordinaire for National Geographic. So hopefully we'll have him on the show soon. And I'm also working on, I have to give him a little bit of time, but I'm working on getting Chris and Jordan from DP Review TV as well. So a lot of exciting interview episodes coming up this year. You're not going to want to miss any of them. Also, do not forget to check the show notes for the link to my latest contest. You still have a time to get your entries in for a chance to win a Platypod Extreme uh, tr Flat Tripod, which the prize is being donated by Platypod. So the, that part of the contest, the contest is sponsored by them. The show itself is not. So I don't want you to think that they're just good friends of mine. Um, so make sure you get your entries in for your chance to win that Platypod Extreme. All right, that's going to wrap this one up. I will see you all again on Sunday.